0: Welcome back to another podcast. So, I just want to start off by saying that the background noise is my AC just because it's really hot where I am. So, I apologize for the background noise, but if I want to record a podcast, I have to have the AC on, otherwise, I'll be sweating in here. So, anyways, this podcast is about the book Oh Rats by Tor Seedler, and I'm going to be reading chapter one. So, I actually started creating this podcast meaning that like I made the podcast, I came up with the title and started to record me reading it um on like April twenty second. Um and then I just was like, eh, I wanna do other stuff and I started the Christmasaurus and I was just doing all this other stuff. So I never ended up actually um reading the chapter and publishing the podcast. But today hopefully all that will change and I will stick with this and I will publish this podcast and another example of me just being lazy is that I started a podcast called acrylic paint techniques that was going to be like a follow-up to the watercolor technique one that I did um and I started that on March 30th and I still have not published it so hopefully I'll get around to that and maybe I'll actually record that one after this one but hopefully I can actually get this one out to you guys so yeah without further ado I hope you enjoy today's podcast So, depending on how long this chapter is, that will determine if I read chapter 2. And that also depends on how long chapter 2 is, because I don't want to make this podcast, like, a super long one. So, chapter 1, Red Berries. Phoenix woke up early and decided to go look for some food. He'd never actually ventured out of the nest, which was a hole about a third of the way up a pl- uh, up a pine tree, but he had poked his head out to watch his parents go foraging. They descended the tree headfirst, so he assumed this was how it was done. Um, But when he got out onto the bark and turned that way, he started trembling, and his left whiskers twitched uncontrollably. He turned himself the other way. The trembling and twitching stopped. He supposed he could descend tail first, but that struck him as ignominious. I know I probably pronounced that wrong. Right there, might there be tasty seeds in some sort of those pine cones up the tree? He started the climb and found he was a natural at it, but the higher he went, the skinnier the pine got, and the grew smoother, harder to grip. Then, to make matters worse, the tree began swaying more than those around it. Phoenix looked up and saw why... The pine poked above the others, exposing it more to the wind, but this wasn't necessarily all bad. The topmost pine cones looked within easy reach, and there was something appealing in the idea of being above everyone else. But on his final push, he made the rookie mistake of looking down. A few weeks ago, as a newborn, he'd clung to his nursing mother, but that was nothing compared to how he clung to the skinny tree now. The needle-strewn ground was so far away. However, the wind gradually died down, and the true... "'and the tree grew more stable. "'His panic turned to disgust. "'What kind of tree squirrel was afraid of heights? "'He lifted his eyes and edged upward. One, "'Once perched up on the highest branch, "'he was so pleased with himself "'that he even forgot he was hungry. "'What of you? "'Beyond the woods to the west "'was a town with buildings and st- and steeples even higher than his pine. To the south, ponds and wetlands glimmered in the morning sun. Rising out of a newly planted cornfield to the north were giant towers carrying power lines on their steel shoulders. To the east towards the sun, a bridge crossed a boat-speckled bay to to a spit of land crowded with beach houses. Beyond that, an endless silvery sea. Phoenix! Phoenix looked down again, but this time only three branches down. There was his father, Rupert. Looking very stern, or trying to anyway, Phoenix had assumed his family was asleep when he slipped out of the nest. But in fact, his father had seen him. However, Rupert had done nothing to stop him. For much of March and all of April, he dragged food home for the kits. Now, um, now that it was May, he figured it was high time they got out and foraged for themselves. But when his mate had woken, but then his mate had woken up and noticed the head missing, and had a fit. "Get down here," Rupert said. Phoenix gulped and and started a pathetic tail-first descent. When he followed his father back into the nest, his mother gasped with relief. "I thought you might have fallen out and broken your skull," she cried. "Hardly," Rupert said. He went all the way to the top. "What, Phoenix? You're only ten weeks old." "We're very disappointed in you," said Rupert. "You should have been picked. You, you could have been picked up there." "Remember what we told you about birds of prey." Phoenix's brother sniffed uh, reprovingly. But Phoenix didn't mind. Though his father said he was disappointed in him, the gleam in his eyes said otherwise. As the weeks went by, it became clear that Phoenix was the pick of the litter. He was the biggest of the bunch with the most luxurious, oh no, lustrous, sorry, fur a luminous golden brown on his back, pure white on his belly, and by far the bushiest tail. He was the most venturesome, too, and he was first to move out and find a hole of his own. It was only a few trees away. Squirrels generally spend their lives within a mile or two of where they're born. So, he still saw a good deal of his family often going for often going foraging with his father. The central part of their woods is mostly pines, but the outer but the outer fringes had lots of oaks and walnuts and hickories. Rupert got a kick out of showing him which nuts and acorns were best and how to catch them and how to cache them cleverly so birds and chipmunks couldn't find them. Phoenix had become quite popular with his sister's girlfriends. He considered most of them empty-headed, but one named Giselle had an impression on him. She had an adorable white blaze on her snout and was always carrying on about a young squirrel named Tyron, um, whom Phoenix took an, an instinctive dislike to. Tyron was, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, um, was reputed to live in a stump in the north end of the woods, I don't even know if I said that right either, it might be, yeah, I think it's reputed, sorry, I'm having trouble with this, um, to live in a stump in the north end of the woods, and one day when Phoenix was poking around for food, for food in that, v uh, i cannot speak right now i'm just gonna skip it this author uses such good description and everything i love it but like in your head it's easier to pronounce and say and then me trying to read it out loud is just terrifying (laughs) um they crossed paths to his dismay tyrone's fur was every bit as shiny as his i don't know why i said it like Tyrone. it's like tyrone tyrone's fur was every bit as shiny as his his tail might have been even bushier Huh? Tyrone said after they introduced themselves. Whoops, did I skip a page? No, I guess I didn't. Huh? Wait. Did I? Uh, oh, it says Phoenix was poking around for food when they crossed paths. Huh? Tyrone said after they introduced themselves. I always thought Phoenix was a girl's name. Phoenix is fair prickled. You live in a stump, he said. Only when I'm slumping slumming in the woods, Tyrone said. Phoenix wasn't sure what this meant. Uh, slumming, right? Yeah. Phoenix wasn't sure what this meant, but the next time he ran into his sister's crew, Giselle explained that Tyrone had a second home. The attic of a house in town, she said. Guess what he does there? What? Phoenix asked unenthusiastically. Sorry, I said that enthusiastically. What? Phoenix said enthousi- unenthusiastically. Shinies down a rain gutter at night. Shinies. Shinies? Shimmies. Shinies? Shinies. Shimmies? I don't know. He shimmies down a rain gutter at night and raids the human's pantry. You'd never believe the cool stuff he brings back. Ever had golden raisins or smoked almonds? Last time he brought back red licorice. Phoenix had never had golden raisins, smoked almonds, or red licorice. In fact, he'd never seen a human. When he mentioned this to his father, Rupert assured him he hadn't missed anything. Tyrone raids their pantry, Phoenix complained. Is Tyrone a rat? He's a squirrel my age. What's a rat? You don't want to know. Phoenix did did want to know. It bruised his self-esteem to have such gaping holes in his knowledge. He loved pestering his father until one day, Rupert, who loved a good laugh, laughed, stopped by Phoenix's tree called and called up. How about a little sightseeing, son? If no one was around, Phoenix cl- climbed down his tree rump first, but with his father watching, he used a technique he'd been perfecting of going round and round the trunk at a slight downward angle, when he reached the pine straw, he explained that he'd been checking the bark for caterpillars. Rupert assumed uh, Rupert amused led him out out the west end of the woods into a dry meadow. This provided more amusement. It was mindful it was a mindful a whir of whir whirring grasshoppers that kept making Phoenix jump beyond the meadow was a road Hillard Boulevard Rupert told him as Phoenix reached out to test Hillard boulevard's ominously black surface with a paw rupert yanked him back there was a terrifying roar as something enormous whooshed by in a blur see it rupert asked what the human that was a human phoenix couldn't believe how huge the humans were and how fast But rupert explained that the human was inside the contraption then another similar contraption roared by phoenix again missed seeing the human inside what are they doing in those things he asked trying to squash us rupert explained what do you mean? After scanning the sky for birds of prey, Rupert led him along, si- along the side of the road till they came to a grayish stain on the pavement. Only when Phoenix made out the ringed tail attached to it did he realize it was the remains of a raccoon. Do the humans do that to squirrels too? He asked, appalled. Ask your great aunt Flo, Rupert said with a sigh. Sweet as the day is long, Uncle Frank was. Phoenix's great aunt Flo was a legendary figure in the woods, so wise that squirrels made... Pil- cr- pilgrimages, pilgrimages, something like that, up, up her white birch to ask for, advi- ask her advice, but this was the first Phoenix had heard about her f- flattered mate. Gruesome as it was to think of, it only intensifies his ad- desire to see what these human assassins, what these human assassins looked like. Rupert climbed a fence post. Looked both ways and hopped back down. After scanning the sky, he gave a nod, and the two of them dashed across Hillard Boulevard. On the other side, they made their way along the shoulder, weaving through um, thistles and milkweed and trash. Soon, another road crossed the first, another Hillard Boulevard, Phoenix assumed. They turned right and pattered along underneath a hedge as Sparrows and Warrens twittered overhead. The The hedge ended at a third Hillard Boulevard. This one was square-shaped and full of the monstrous killing machines, though here they were parked diagonally and more mercifully standing still. Giving them a wide berth, Phoenix and his father started across a stretch of grass where every blade had been chewed down exactly the same length. There wasn't a deer in sight, but there must have been scads around here. The two squirrels stopped at a chain-link fence that separated them from the most horrifying Horrifying creatures Phoenix had ever seen. Some were splashing around in a square pond. Others were lo- were lolling in, were lolling on the grass. Humans, he asked in a hushed voice. Their watering hole, Rupert said. The humans were not easy on the eye. They had no tails at all, and some, they had no tails at all, and some dreadful disease had eaten away most of their fur. Rupert explained that their furlessness accounted for the for the gaudy rags they wore around their mis- midsections. "'You'd think they'd cover up those bellies, too,' Phoenix murmured. "'They're great eaters,' Rupert said, pointing at a crowded concession stand. Phoenix's nose quivered. "'Hungry?' Rupert asked. Phoenix was always hungry. They circled around behind the stand where Rupert pointed out a line of large containers where the humans dumped food they didn't eat. "'May we have some?' Phoenix asked. "'Help yourself. You may want—' "'You may—' "'You—' "'But you might want to look before you leap.' Rupert tried not to smile as he watched his son hop from a bushel basket onto the rim of one of the containers." Phoenix pulled out something odorless and held it up. Newspaper, Rupert said. Ineatable. Um, Phoenix jumped to the next con- next container. This one was half full of savory-smelling things, but as he was about to drop down to the feast, he spotted a gray worm w- wiggling among the goodies. When the when a creature came slithering out of when a creature came slithering out of the mound of food, Phoenix nearly tumbled backwards. The worm was The worm was its tail. The creature wasn't oversized or repulsively furless like the humans, but there was something nasty about its cropped gray coat and beady eyes and pointed snout. Worst of all, the naked worm tail. Phoenix turned and dropped back down to the ground. Lost your appetite, Rupert said, scumbling to smile. There's this disgusting thing in there. You said you wanted to see a rat. They headed home. Rupert nicely entertained. Phoenix's hurrah- Rupert nicely entertained Phoenix's horizon significantly um, broadened down for one day. When they got to the final Hillard Boulevard, there was no fence post to climb, so Rupert crept to the edge of the the hard black surface and pressed his ear against it. All clear, he pronounced, and they dashed across. That evening, as Phoenix was settling into his nest, he heard twittering and- He heard titter- Tittering and poked his head out of his hole. Down below, one of his brothers was walking with one of his sisters. Where were you, Phoenix asked, watching Tyrone, his sister said, looking up, uh, watching Tyrone, his sister said, looking up dreamily, what an airlist his brother gushed, What a squirrel, his sister said with a sigh. This left a sour taste in Phoenix's mouth, but it was also picued, but it also had piqued his curiosity, and Late the next afternoon, while he was nibbling some purple berries, he spotted Giselle's silvery tail in a posse of young squirrels heading north. He shadowed them. They stopped at the edge of the woods and stood around chattering. When the sun began to set, they ventured out under the open sky, uh, climbing a a split rail fence and sitting in a row on the top rail. Phoenix snuck out and climbed onto the lower rail. Beyond a dirt road was the cornfield he'd seen from the top of his parents' pine. Suddenly, Giselle cried, look, there he is! Phoenix figured the game was up. But she wasn't looking down at him. Nobody was. They all seemed to be focused on the steel pylons rising above the cornfield. Squinting, Phoenix made out a figure on one of the power lines stretched between two of the towers. It was definitely Tyrone, his bushy tail silhouetted against the darkening sky. The mere thought of tightrope walking at such a height curdled Phoenix's stomach, and Tyrone did more than tightrope walk. He burst into a sprint, racing the whole length of a cable from one pylon to the next. The squirrels on the top rail shrieked with delight. A catbird perched on one of the fence posts, whistled in admiration. "'Is he the most stupendous squirrel, or what?' cried Giselle. As the squirrels joined in a chorus of agreement, Phoenix felt as if he was going to be sick. Really sick. Were the purple berries poisonous? When a retching sound escaped him, the squirrels on the top rail all peered down. "'Hey, it's Phoenix,' said one of his sisters. "'What are you doing here?' asked one of his brothers. By the look of it, said Giselle, he's puking. Alright, so that is chapter one of Oh Rats. So now when I'm always talking about the book Oh Rats, um, and I'm like, it's one of my favorite books, um, you now know what chapter one is like, so now you can kind of know what I'm talking about, but the book gets better, um, I'm- I'm going to give a little spoiler. If you don't want to hear this, then make sure to plug your ears. But you find this out in, like, the next two, maybe three chapters. Um, he gets... This is when it gets interesting. A hawk or some big bird swoops down and takes Phoenix to New York City. And, um, he literally, um, falls... Or, okay. He literally, um, like, the hawk ends up being friendly to him and drops him off, um or he something happens to him um and he ends up somehow finding these like um what is it called he ends up finding an abandoned pier that has a bunch of rats living under it and their pier is going to get demolished and he has to help them and that's what this whole book is about so it's a really good book even though chapter one may like have been a bit boring for you i the book just gets better so stick with me Um, so now we have a couple of books going, actually. I lost the Flat Stanley book, so I guess this could be the replacement for it. Um, but yeah, I'm also reading The Christmasaurus, which I did come out with a new episode yesterday. Um, literally just a couple of minutes ago, I posted my book, What You Should Know About the the App Clawy, or What You Should Know About Clawy, which is the claw machine game. So make sure to check that out. Um, and yeah, that's, that was... What chapter one was, and I'll try to do chapter two soon, but I have to kind of alternate with the Christmasaurus and stuff. But finally, it's been since April 22nd that I started this, and finally, I can publish this episode to you guys. And yeah, I'm super excited. Publish. I think I said publish. <laughs> publish this episode. I'm not sure what I said, actually. All right, so yeah, Um. quickly before I end today's podcast, I just want to give shout outs to Cat Story Pod. The LS Productions website, and of course, my website. So, I'm just going to explain to those, I'm going to explain those to you guys quickly. So, Cat Story Pod, um, Cat is a really good friend of mine. Um, she makes podcasts too. Um, her channel is called Cat Story Pod, and I'll link that below so you can see all her podcasts. Um, the LS Productions website, um, Mira is actually the one who made the company up. Um, and check that out um and then of course my website I basically post updates for like sometimes I I plan on posting like an upcoming podcast but I also post if like I'm not going to be posting that day or like for example the Spotify exclusive updates I posted like sorry I'm not going to be making an update this week like just some updates and of course all my podcasts you can um like get through there um and yeah that's all I have to talk about for now So, I hope you enjoyed this book, um, please share my podcast with other people, um, check out some of my other podcasts, and yeah, thank you so much for all your support, um, we're at, like, over 130 listens, so thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you in my next podcast. Bye!